Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. During the period of his gospel service, the Lord Jesus was traveling from Galilee first north toward Caesarea Philippi and Mount Hermon, then returning south all the way to Jerusalem. With him on this long journey, which took roughly three years, were a small number of faithful disciples. Particularly Peter, James, and John were with the Lord step by step, and throughout this period they witnessed firsthand all the items including the miracles, the teachings, the healings, and his dealings with the religious opposers. As those who desire to know him and to know his word richly today, we need to realize that this long journey and all these events were not random. From the beginning, the Lord's intention was to arrive at Jerusalem, the religious, cultural, and governmental capital, for it must be in Jerusalem during the specific month and even on the appointed day that he would be offered up as the Lamb of God to accomplish his all-redeeming and all-inclusive death. But we also need to realize that all of the preceding events were part of the Lord's preparation and in addition for the real preparation of his disciples, not just to be witnesses, but to be those who would pass through his death and enter into the reality of his resurrection. Ron Kangas is with us as we come to fellowship. Continuing now, Ron, these six days prior to the Lord's crucifixion, a period of intense final preparation, but this point of the Lord's care, training, and preparing of his disciples, that they would be much more than just mere witnesses, touches me very much. And it touches me also in a very particular way. And, of course, this line of thought is sown in a gospel such as Mark, but it's developed richly in Paul's epistles. I'd like to comment on two things, Mm -hmm. uh, taking your opening fellowship as the basis. And these two things are related to the Lord's preparation and arranging everything for his crucifixion and then, of course, his resurrection. I think we can say, according to the word, that this preparation is in two directions. First, the Lord undoubtedly knew, as God he knew it, but as man he knew it from the study of the Scriptures, that the Old Testament spoke much concerning the death of the Messiah. Mm. He knew the type of the Passover lamb. He knew the prophecy in Daniel 9 regarding the cutting off of the Messiah. And as you were Speaking, I was reminded of the account in Luke 24 that on the very day of his resurrection, he was expounding to the disciples the things in Moses and in the Psalms and in the prophets concerning himself. 
helping them to understand the scriptures in light of his death and resurrection. My point here is that the Lord, as the slave of God in Mark, certainly had to fulfill every detail of his death. This he did, we may say, for God. Mm. To fulfill the word of God, the scripture must be fulfilled. But the Lord also knew with absolute clarity that in God's economy, there would be a corporate entity raised up in his resurrection that Paul designates the body of Christ, the one new man. In other words, these members of the body, the believers, of whom the first were the apostles, would be the Lord's continuation. They would be his increase, his enlargement, his expansion, his duplication. And this matter is developed throughout the New Testament. Therefore, the Lord's preparation was not only God-word, it was also disciple-word or apostle-word in that he needed to prepare everything for the sake of his followers. Of course, they did not actually die with him. Right. They were not actually physically buried with him. But if we see the vision in Mark, we will realize they passed through this process with him. Later, Paul will say, we were crucified with him. Our old man was crucified with him. I was crucified with Christ. When one died, all died, because one died for all. And what is particularly touching in this segment of our Brother Lee's ministry is the light on the process of death through which the disciples passed. The Lord did not separate himself from them and say, you go wherever I must go to Jerusalem to die and be resurrected. By selecting the three, Peter, James, and John, who were representatives of all the disciples and of all of us, he arranged the situation that they would see so many things. They would see how he was questioned in the days prior to his crucifixion. They would see how he was arrested, how he was tried, how he was crucified, how he died. And this seeing and this witnessing actually points to the process through which they themselves passed. Otherwise, they would not have been the travailing woman mentioned in John 16. They were not simply grieving over someone they loved who died, but they were involved in the process of the bringing forth of the one new man in Christ's resurrection. So in sum, what we're trying to underscore is this. Christ, under God's sovereignty and in detailed fulfillment of the Scriptures, arranged everything and even everyone related to his death on the cross. This he did for God and for God's economy and for our redemption. If anyone knows, he knows the heart's desire of God to have the body of Christ, 
as the corporate expression of Christ and the organism through which Christ as the Spirit now lives and moves, he realized that the disciples must participate in some way, inwardly, spiritually. They must pass through the process. He himself would die. He himself would be buried. He himself would be resurrected. But the light in the Scriptures is that we, the believers represented by these three apostles, Peter, James, and John, passed through the process. And this is very significant, because as we'll see later, the Spirit, who, according to John 16, guides us into all the reality, especially the reality of the visions we see from the Gospels, the Spirit will bring us into the reality of this process. So now we, almost 20 centuries later, in the Spirit, through the Spirit, by the Spirit of reality, will pass through the process of the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. This is marvelous. It's worth our study. It's worth our prayer. It's worth our consideration. And it's worth our giving ourselves to the Lord that we, like the apostles and like Paul, would in the Spirit touch and actually become the reality of all these things. Wow. Well, marvelous beginning. There's a lot of points uh, in this uh, particular life study, Ron. I don't know how many of them we'll get to. I, I'd rather not try to predetermine today. I think the Lord has some feeling on this point. Uh, it touches something in me. It seems to have touched something in you. Let's stay with it. It's uh, Witness Lee's focus also in this first section. You referred to some of Paul's verses. I've selected just a, a short passage out of Romans chapter 6 that I think uh, uh, go along with the ones that you mentioned. Or are you ignorant that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We have been buried, therefore, with him through baptism into his death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so also we might walk in newness of life. And that, I think, is a part of this uh, process of passing through death his death uh, that you were referring to that we're going to see develop more. So let's join Witness Lee with our first portion. If you open up this book, Mark, page by page, you see the vision, how Peter, James, and John followed the Lord Jesus. In every step the Lord took on this earth. They didn't miss one step. And they saw how the Lord prepare himself and the environment for his death. And they saw how the Lord prepared his opposers to kill him. They saw how the Lord was arrested and judged. And they saw how the Lord was persecuted, mocked, and how the Lord was brought uh, as a uh, lamb uh, to the slaughter. They saw how the Lord was put on the cross and how he was crucified there for six hours. They saw everything. You see, the Lord passed through the death. They went through the death with the Lord. The only difference was that they didn't suffer the death. But they all passed through the death. Could you see this? I just mentioned this to show you 
that when we read a gospel like this, we shouldn't just read the story. We shouldn't uh, just want to learn some doctrine. We must realize this is a play. You have to follow all the visions, vision after vision, vision after vision. Yes, you were not crucified, but you passed through his crucifixion. You know what? After all these visions, when the day of Pentecost came, the very slave Savior, through death and resurrection, became the life-giving spirit, was poured out upon all these vision seers. By this pouring out himself upon his vision seers, all the seers receive the reality of all the vision they saw. I hope that Maya, the resurrected Christ as the living spirit, to pours out himself upon you and to make whatever you have seen a reality to you. Then you are really enjoying the universal replacement. Uh, Ron, this portion seems to underscore very nicely what we were talking about at the opening of the program. I like his phrase here at the end, by virtue of the life-giving spirit becoming the reality of all these visions, this is the way, this is how we can enjoy him as the universal replacement. And that's really what uh, the disciples that were witnessing and now we're seeing uh, that they were also passing through, that's what they were now enjoying, wasn't it, this universal replacement. It surely was, and following the principle and the practice of interpreting Scripture with Scripture, we may appeal to Galatians 2.20 and use Galatians 2.20 as our vantage point to understand intrinsically what is taking place in the Gospel of Mark. Paul says there, with Christ, I was crucified. It is no longer I who live, it is Christ who lives in me. This is what we mean by replacement. Not exchange, not the exchange of our inferior life for God's superior life, but the replacement of person, not I, but Christ. And Christ, as the universal replacement, is the one, on the one hand, who fulfills all the types fulfills the prophecies, so he is the reality of every positive thing in the universe, so he should be this universal replacement of all the things that point to him. He is now the replacement. He replaces them with himself. We don't have the sacrifices anymore. Mm -hmm. We have the Lamb of God. We don't have the Aaronic priesthood. Christ fulfilled that priesthood. But something more essential and experientially is involved here with Christ being the universal replacement, and that is with our representatives, the disciples, and thereby with us also. Toward the very end of their days on earth with the Lord, they were disputing who is the first, who is the greatest, making it very clear to us as we read the Gospels, they were in themselves 
How can there be the body of Christ, the one new man, if everybody is just for himself and lives in himself and as himself unto himself? So the I, the name of the old person, the old man in Romans 6, 6, that I was crucified with Christ so that in resurrection, Christ as the life-giving spirit could live in what is now the new me. Why is there such a tremendous difference between Peter and the brothers in Acts 1 from what there is at the end of the Gospels? It is because the Christ who brought them through the process of death, burial, and resurrection was living in them not only as their life, but as their person. He was Peter's replacement, John and James's replacement. So now, Christ is the person living in all the brothers and sisters, the 120, and in all who were added to their number on the day of Pentecost and thereafter. The pattern is the same. We have this old person designated I, And God's intention in his economy is to replace this I, this old person, with Christ as the person living in us. This necessitates, it requires, not only Christ's death and resurrection, but our participation in Christ and in his death and resurrection through the process of through which the Lord brought his disciples. So now we're at this crucial matter. If the Lord is to have the body, if he's to have the one new man as the continuation of himself, if he has to have the church that he prophesied that he would build, we, the old person, the I, the self, the natural man, must be replaced by passing through the process of Christ's death and resurrection so that another person, Christ as the life-giving Spirit, would actually live in us. This is the tremendous light in this portion of Brother Lee's ministry on this segment of the Gospel of Mark. This connects Mark to Paul's epistles, where Paul gives us the intrinsic view of what happened when Christ was crucified and resurrected, and what happened to us when Christ was crucified and resurrected. And Paul more than agrees with the Lord Jesus that it is the Spirit, the life-giving Spirit, the Spirit of reality, the Spirit of life, who makes all these facts real to us in our experience for the body of Christ. Well, Ron, we've got a short time left. I want to stay basically on this topic. I'd like to go back to Witness Lee for a very short segment, because in this uh, portion, uh, he touches something you made reference to, and that is the new creation. You said the new me, but it is this issue of the process that we pass through into his death and into his resurrection in reality, and the outcome of that process is the new creation and an interesting parallel that Witness Lee will point out. Then we'll come back and still have a couple of minutes to uh, fellowship more. From chapter 11, we are in the last six days 
of the Lord's earth life. These six days are for the new creation. You know, for God to have the old creation, he spent six days. Then on the Sunday day, he rested. And now here, for bringing God's new creation into existence, he also spent six days. And after these six days, it was another Sabbath. In his six days, he did everything for the bringing forth of the new creation. Ron, I like this point about the new creation, but I like it particularly in the context of what we've been really focusing on this whole program. You mentioned the disciples in Acts chapter 1. In the previous portion, Witness Lee referred to the day of Pentecost. And now we see this matter of the new creation. It seems to me that what the disciples had entered into by virtue of the preparation that the Lord had brought them through and their real experience now of the death and resurrection of Christ is on display before all of those thousands gathered on the day of Pentecost, a display of the new creation that he had uh, labored for these six days. That's exactly the case. In six days, followed by a day of rest, God, through Christ, produced the original creation, the old creation, old because God was not a part of it. Then in the New Testament, in the Gospels, we have another six days, culminating with the death of Christ on the cross. Among other things, his death was the termination of the entire old creation because he died in his human status as the firstborn of all creation. Then there was another Sabbath. Then on the eighth day he resurrected, and in his resurrection he brought forth the new creation. That is why he could call the disciples his brothers and speak of God as my God and your God, my Father and your Father. They now have the same life and the same nature. And on that day of his resurrection, he breathed himself as the holy breath, as the pneumatic Christ, as the Spirit into his disciples, activating in them the new creation experientially. So, in Acts chapter 1, they are intrinsically in this new creation. Then on the day of Pentecost, for the Lord's move... The ascended Christ poured himself out upon the 120 as the all-inclusive life-giving spirit, and that brought them instantly into the reality of all that they had seen and of everything related to the process through which they had passed, and now there was on display, as you put it, the new creation. Here is a group of believers replaced by Christ, a group of believers, male and female, with Christ as a spirit living in them. They live by the divine life. They partake of the divine nature. They are one with God. They are mingled with God. They're the corporate expression of God. They are now the continuation, the increase, the duplication, the enlargement, the expansion Mm. of the very Christ who brought them to the cross, who brought them to the tomb, and who brought them into resurrection. This is the intrinsic view under the light of the divine revelation of the significance, not only of the Lord's death as an event in his life, 
but also of the Lord's death as a process through which we have passed. The fact that we are here in this studio speaking like this is a testimony that the Spirit as the Spirit of reality today is making real to believers such as us this process of death and resurrection so that Christ could be for his body our replacement. Not I, but Christ. Well, Ron, I'm going to take the liberty of speaking for all those who have been with us throughout most of this life study of Mark. No more will this book, The Gospel of Mark, be read by those of us who have heard this ministry. It's just a collection of Bible stories. What uh, a marvelous, intrinsic depth that we have been uh, treated to enter into. And I appreciate your participation in it as always and invite you back when you're able. Be happy to do that according to the Lord's arrangement. Well, we are out of time. As I mentioned earlier in the program, there are a lot of other points that we did not cover uh, in this particular life study. And they're interesting, and they support, I think, what was brought out. I do believe by the Lord's mercy we have at least touched the point where his feeling was today. But we encourage you to get the printed material so that you can get into all of these things. And if you'd like to find out about that, just call us toll-free, 1-888-543-3788. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.